Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm a. I could do a little bit of disclaimer and uh, <laughs> at the beginning, and um, just say I'm a, I'm sort of a great fan of Banty's fifteen points for all the members. So I've in the past I've done fifteen points for Kalyana Ritter and fifteen points for people to ask for ordination, and this is my latest go. <laughs> fifteen points for groups and pioneers. So I quite like lists and all this. So, but. The disclaimer is, um, I thought Ratnaguna was coming tomorrow, so <laughs> I thought I wouldn't say much about communicating the Dharma and teaching, because he, he'd say all that, so I've left that bit out, really. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what was the other disclaimer? Yeah, These are not, yeah, I, I realised, even before I didn't, that, that they wouldn't be relevant to every group, because you're all in different stages of where, where you are, and this, that, and the other. And also, last time I was here, the Daniel done something, and people in my group seemed to they were saying, "Oh, I'm not sure we can do that." I said, "They're not telling you what to do in any way. They're just some reflections, really, of you know what I brought from setting up the centre with Surina, you know, going over there with nothing and out of the blue, and uh, yeah, things that sort of worked for us. And I know they won't work for everyone." Because I say you're all different and situations are different, but hopefully there's something in in here for it, <laughs> at least some for some of you, for the time. Anyway, you can uh, you can feed that back, you know, next week or something <laughs> when I'm not here. Okay, <laughs> so number one is I'll take take my glasses off. You are a tree retina group. I mean, so it started um, there. We are a, we have a particular approach. And we have a particular founding teacher uh, in Bante, as you know, who died recently. So, so make sure, in a way, beforehand, that you are really, you know, you understand a bit about Bante and what he done and where he comes from, and his his core teachings, and try to bring those in because life is very different from when Bante set up the movement. There's an awful lot of people doing a lot of different things at the moment. So try and be as clear as you can about what Banty brought to it. And it's, you know, I sort of recommend our guys and women who ask for nation at the centre to uh, read his autobiographies because you get a real sense of what the man did and where he come from. And I feel that, you know, personally, I feel I'm trying to help carry on his lineage and build something from, from him. Also, you know, as a tree rat in a group, we've got more and more resources that can help you you know, in your communicating the Dharma, in your teaching. There's an awful lot of good stuff going on at the moment, and uh, I'm sure you've all sort of gone on the internet or somewhere and got some talks and some courses that are there. Again, you don't have to follow them, you know, they're not set down in stone, but I found they're a really good guide to doing some stuff, you know, especially stuff from my Chabandu and people like that. So yeah, remember, yeah, you are a tree retina group, and try and as much as possible come from that angle, as much as, and sometimes you know, reading this and sort of writing it down, you, you know, sometimes you think, well, hold on, I don't want to be like that. But so <laughs> maybe you have to ask yourself why you're doing it if you don't want to feel like you are part of the tree retina. I can't see anybody here who feels like that, but you never know, because you we all go out and start a a group or a whatever we're going to do for a particular reason, do we? 
Yeah, I mean, I think me and Serena wanted to make our mark in a way, and <laughs> be somewhere where we could do what we wanted. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave that bit. <laughs> There's a few personal reminiscences in this. So the, the second thing is have a vision. Again, maybe some people shouldn't have a vision because they can get too tied into it. So think about what you want to do and where you want to go and where you you know want to be. And again, I think you know, you have to hold these things lightly. Don't you know they're not set in stone. I was t talking to one of the guys from the Oxford group, and that's what they do. They have this this idea of vision and what we're going to do in. And every six months they sit down and review it in in line with the reality of the situation they're in. I mean, Surinder also used to say, you know, feet on the ground, head in the clouds. So, you know, dream big, but be realistic about what you are and what you've got anyway. And sometimes you don't know how realistic and how things are until you're actually there doing it, you know. You go down there and think, you know, you're going to change the world and set everybody on fire and, and you're doing that and then next week nobody turns up, you know. So, <laughs> so there's also awful lot of things to, you know, work with. But yeah, keep renewing and tweaking, you know, in line with your experience, in line with what's going on. But, you know, there might be certain things that you feel that this is, uh, this is what I want to do. I do want to do this. And maybe you, you thought it was in a couple of years and maybe it's going to be in four or five years. And I say, just hold these things lightly and don't get, you know, put yourself under pressure with them. I say there are certain people who probably shouldn't approach it in this way. It's good for me to approach it in this way because I'm sort of can be a bit. I can have loads of ideas, but also can be a bit lax. <laughs> so it's good to have, you know. Oh right, you said you're going to do that. How are you coming on with that? Or was it even a good idea in the first place? You know, all ideas in the world, you know, you can have, but actually the reality of being on the ground. I remember having this long conversation with Vishupani when he lived with me, and he. He told me basically how to run a Buddhist centre. <laughs> and I was getting more and more irked with him, you know, because he hadn't run a Buddhist centre. <laughs> and in the end I said, yeah, they're great ideas, but they're nothing to do with what it's like when you're actually in the room doing it. So shut up. He <laughs> <laughs> looked a bit shocked, actually. <coughs> but yeah, so, yeah, have a, have a vision. Is it going to be by a centre? Is it just, you know, in a couple of years... You, You've got six people who med meditate regularly. You know, just be realistic and just hold these things. Yeah, and I think one of the things is like just to get to people, trying to get people going on retreat regularly. And that's, again, it seems quite simple when you say it, but life does seem to get much more complicated for people and much more involved. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's like have a vision, but realising that sometimes there's another story. It's not just an idea. Um, the third thing is pace yourself, and this is something I've been sort of reflecting on in uh, in the last few months, uh, in a way, because my health is. Been, um, this is the sympathy vote. My health isn't been that good, and blah blah blah. blah. You know, I feel tired out all the time, and I think, in a way, you know, when we first went, we just did it. We didn't, you know, we, the only breaks we had basically were going on retreat or pop down a pub now and again. Go, watch The Sopranos, you know, <laughs> things like that. But everything was sort of engaged and intensely on this building, this centre and this, that and the other. 
and we never looked at I mean we were having a lot of fun and it was very very enjoyable but I think now you know I've, I've been there 20 years now I would sort of have gaps <laughs> and take a bit more time off and refresh myself and I mean that was the idea in a way you go on retreat at Pavloka and something and get you know get the input from the order and get excited but I think we probably needed them just a bit more time again personality character comes into this you're not always not everybody's gonna need as big a gap as I think maybe I should have taken but Having said that, I'm pleased at the speed we went in lots of ways. But do pace yourself, you know, when you feel like you're suddenly becoming grumpy, when you can't quite, don't quite know what it is, and that can sort of, um, you know, spill out onto the people who come in there if you're not you're not careful. And I think, you know, I've, I've had a little chat with some people here, and I think it is an issue they sort of notice. Don't be precious about it, but also realise that, you know... You, you want to keep your inspiration and you want to keep your energies going and up all the time. Um, yeah, things can build very quickly. I mean, that's the thing, and you can be taken along with them, which, again, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But again, you, sometimes you have to sort of step back and have a look at it. I mean, me and Soren, just like we used to talk about, you know, in between talking about the Sopranos and this and the other way, you know, and the order and football and that, you know, the movement and the centre, oh yeah, we could do this and we'll always be back sometime in the conversation, oh, we could do this with these people this week, which in a lot, in a way is, is a really good thing, but <laughs> yeah, it's getting the balance of it, feet on the ground, head in the clouds, yeah, getting the balance and pacing yourself. And this one is, obviously, it's not available to everybody, but one of the things I would say is go with a friend. You know, for me, that is one of the great, I think, the great things for me was going with a friend and somebody I trusted who trusted me, somebody who, again, we had the same vision in, in a certain way. You know, obviously, little details might have been different. Somebody who was, you know, just prepared to throw themselves in like you were and do it. And some somebody who was prepared to just give you honest feedback <laughs> and who you could take it from you know who could say to you if you were starting to stray over a line sometime about hold on mate you know you sort of you think you should be doing that or you think you should be saying that boom Serena was great he, <laughs> he was a great pessimist Serena but he's also a <laughs> you know I remember coming home on the early days from a class and he wanted to give me a feedback on the way home <laughs> I want to give you some feedback. I said, I don't want to hear it, right? <laughs> Let's just go there, have our pint, get our chips, watch the X Files and the football. <laughs> you can give me the, you can give me the feedback tomorrow. I'm not ready tonight. <laughs> and it's it's interesting. He felt happy enough to say that, and I felt happy enough to say no. And we sort of trusted each other enough to talk about it the day after, and it was much more effective like that. So I think if you go with a friend, you know, somebody who's a really good friend, and again, I understand that that's probably hardly ever going to be possible, um, it is you can really sort of deepen that friendship. You can really trust what you're hearing from that other person. Yeah. 
I remember Sangadeva went with um, I think it's Vajragupta over Shrewsbury in the early days of, your, of the and I was thinking oh that now what a combination that is <laughs> two people know their dharma and two people are really honest it's you know that will work and Shrewsbury got a centre now so something happened something happened yeah um, but if you can't go with a friend you know make sure you're in you're in connect, con- contact with your friends in the order or the Mitra Sangha fairly regularly. Again, some people you can trust to talk to you and when you say things to sort of <laughs> pull you up when you're maybe trying to rationalise away some behaviour or getting excited about something that you they know is unrealistic for you. So, yeah, make sure you... I suppose in a way, it's it's you've got to be connected with the order and the the Mitra Sangha, you know, with people who you know and trust. And you can sort of, I mean, you can, we can all be very good, but we're all, we all have blind spots and we can all miss some things in the excitement of the experience that's going on. So, yeah, I felt, yeah, for me, it was one of the, the certainly, you know, until recently, just a few years before Serena died we both thought it was the most happiest time of our life the first five years there you know because it was such an adventure and we could trust and in a way we tested our friendship out and in lots of ways you know we didn't sort of deliberately test it out <laughs> it was just, and we did some silly things and all that <laughs> all that um, right <laughs> So the next one is create, create an atmosphere of friendliness and hospitality. And, you know, in a, in a, in a way, again, it's like, you know, say the, say the obvious. <laughs> say the obvious. But it's not always obvious to people. You know, people do go into some centres, I hear, and not feel very welcomed and like that. We had a policy for the first... <coughs> Once we bought the centre for the first couple of years, almost, that we just did everything. When people come, we just served them their tea and we washed up for them. No, don't worry, we'll do that. In a way, we just want to create this whole atmosphere of giving and generosity and being friendly and kind, you know. And naturally, over after you know a time, people just really wanted to do. You didn't even have to worry about washing up and who people making it each other tea people were just going after us oh we'll do that you know we gradually let it go but we feel that it was partly because we said you know this is what we're offering and we think this is really worthwhile without saying it like <laughs> so yeah there was that friendliness and we you know we were sort of genuinely interested in people and interested in the dharmic way and also you know in a life in life outside the dark, life in the world, we were both quite clued up to, you know, important things like football, you know, <laughs> and things like, you know. But we really, you know, you could sit down with people and have a conversation and all, all this sort of thing. And I think that hospitality and friendliness, sort of, you know, apparently we are still known for that in Cardiff. Uh, you know, it's a bit hard when you're in the middle of it for so long to know, but people do come and say say that. Um, and I'd, you know, I'd be really, really sort of upset if we lost that in any way. It was really, you know, something. And we used to stand around with our hands around each other, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> arms around each other. People used to love it and be a bit slightly, ooh. 
<laughs> as well, yeah. Um, the next one is cultivate Kalyana Mitrata. And again, a lot of these are very, very obvious, but Sabuti said once, you know, it's always good to state the obvious. And, you know, deep friendship, spiritual friendship is, you know, we are trying to develop Sangha. And at the root and the heart of that is Kalyana Mitrata, is these real friendships, is these... I mean, when I went to Pabloka and, you know, I was really inspired by... Um, by Sangadeva, not Sangadeva, I was inspired by Sangadeva for different reasons, but uh, Pabhavadra and Aloka and Surita's friendship and Sona and Sabuti's friendship and just seeing how they were with each other because it's always been important to me, friendship, right from, you know, in the Cubs and right through and all that. But seeing it acted out in this, with this, you know, uh, context of a spiritual life was really, really well, it was really, really inspiring, and in a way, it played to my strengths of being friendly. But it was something that, oh yeah, we're not going to build a really effective movement unless there is this, you know, all these friendships. And you notice now when I go on all the events, how strong that is. How all those years of people connecting with each other is really bearing fruit. I mean, it's really, it's quite something. You know, I was on the, the um, what was on. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> oh, you were there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> the preceptors. <laughs> but yeah, just looking, looking around after, after the, not the last night puja, the puja before life. And it was, oh, she, she sang it over, got up over the other side. I thought, oh, I love you, mate. And the bloke next to her, I thought, God, I love you. <laughs> next one around, God, I really like you. <laughs> and the only person I looked around in the whole room was there's two people. And basically, I didn't really know them. I knew the names and met them. But I thought, these people, and I've not been around them much, you know, in certain times I have. But there was a real sort of sense of, yeah, we're connected, you know, in the context of the, of, you know, of the Dharma, you know, of the spiritual life. And that is, I see that now so often going on. And, and that's what, you know, in a way, that's what we both wanted to create in Cardiff. It's not, you know, it's been reasonably successful at times, but, you know, you can't force people to like each other, can <laughs> But yeah, you keep you keep that um, you keep doing it and exemplifying it yourself. And hopefully, something you know will stick with other people. Well, we all want to be cared about, don't we? We all want to have people we love us and hang out with. Um, next is explore, learn, and share. So uh, it's quite interesting. One of the New Amitra said to me, well, how does it feel every time you come here to be the most experienced person in the room and people who look to you? And I think, what well, I've never really thought about it, <laughs> in a sense. Because I feel, you know, I do, you know, I'm sort of confident in my Dharma commitment. You know, I, I, I realise I'm just really confident in that. But I don't, and I, you know, I've learned quite a lot over the years, but I don't go in there thinking, you know, I'm the expert on everything. I do go in there, I do know something and I've got something to give, but also I want to explore it all the time. I want to come out every time with something I didn't go in with, some knowledge, some, oh right, practice and this, that and the other. And you know, I think study groups for me are one of the ways of doing that, when you can be really open with each other and you sort of, you know, you learn from each other and you share your experience and you share any knowledge you've got. Again, this may seem 
you know, patently obvious, but <laughs> I like this old air of just exploring something with him. At the same time, you know, I have got a lot of experience and I have gone around and I can't go around denying that and I can't go around saying, look at me, I'm <laughs> you have to find that middle way between between them. And uh, I say, learn from other people, you know. I was, uh, <laughs> every time I say this sort of thing, I think, a couple of the Mitras brought me up here, you know. <laughs> so I, 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 I buy them lunch and they bring up up here. And we have a day out and spend time together. And we were talking about Newport. I don't know if anybody's been to Newport in South Wales, which is not a very, in my view, not a very nice place. And they've got this river. I think it's the Asks runs through it. And near Newport, it's just most of the time when you go past it, it, it was it's just dirty because the mud banks are up there and you can hardly see any. And this, the guy was just explaining to me why that was beautiful, you know. <laughs> and that, that, you know, if you don't see that, you don't really see nature. And it's like, suddenly, I'm, you know, I'm resisting because it's Newport and I don't like it, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And suddenly there's somebody I trust talking about something, and I, I sort of got it <laughs> in the end. And it's in a way, you learn like that from other people's view. You learn that, other, you know, <clears throat> your view isn't always the right one. It isn't always the one that's compelling. And actually, there's still quite a lot to learn and explore and, and share with others, yeah. And then this one again, another page that says, communicate the Dharma. <laughs> so in a way, what, yeah, there's a lot around at the moment. There's a lot of fads that come through the movement and go out the other end and this, that and the other. And we all get excited about, or, you know, some of us get excited about and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, are they the Dharma? That's the thing. You know, they might be good and very interesting things and very necessary things for some people. But the thing is, you know, the Dharma, in, I think in a certain way, is really simple. There's, there's sort of basic practices that you do over and over. You know, you, your practice of ethics, your meditation practice, you know, your awareness, your loving kindness, all those sort of things. You can just do over and over and deeper and deeper. I mean, Banty, you know, his whole thing, wasn't it? it was more and more of less and less on these things. And, you know, he's very much about, I mean, these are my words, you know, creating, um, you know, samatar and building a real base to have the, the vipassana on, you know, the insights on. If you want insight, you've really got to, you know, you've got to have a real basis. Otherwise, the insight can fall away quite easy. And I think, you know, in a way, that's for me, is like, that's the Dharma, is those basics looked at over and over again in, in a different angle, a different thing, you know, a deeper level. And it's all right to go back to, uh, to you know, the, the um, source, you know, the suttas and the sutras and all this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I do my study group, I only study Bhante stuff or stuff from, you know, the Pali Canon or some of the Mahayana stuff. I don't... You know, I don't study anything outside of those. Because yeah. I think I I haven't got to grips with what, you know, I've been <laughs> I've been shown yet. And I want to get to grips with that. And, you know, my experience of meeting Banty was, you know, like he changed my life. And, you know, sort of, and he seemed to have an insight that I'd nobody else ever met before. And since has got you know and I think I'm, I trust that and I think he's you know the way he explored the Dharma was really really helpful 
And I think, you know, if at the end it turns out that's rubbish, I actually will have made a lot of progress. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that's rubbish. I, think I really sort of believe that. So just trying to communicate the Dharma, you know, you get excited and inspired by it and over and over. I think we can lose it a bit. Yeah, we're sort of doing too much sometimes and you know, not pacing ourselves. But just go back to the basics, you know. It's just, you know, shunyata, <laughs> conditioned co-production, karma, you know, meditation, awareness, all that. It's just all there, isn't it? There's so much there. And I think, you know, I know people I know who could come down every day and do do something on the first precept and or you know or something on awareness and almost do the same thing every day for three weeks and it would still be interesting and inspiring because you know they're interested and inspired by it and they will be looking deeper at it and I think for us we can we can do that you know with it we you know we've all got our limitations but I think we can if we're genuinely interested and alive to it we can do that so the next one is the Dharma is radical, <laughs> which is uh, again all these seem really obvious when I say, <laughs> but again I you know I told this story to my, my friend like meeting Banty and going to see him he gave a talk um, whatever it's called Taste of Freedom, you know, <laughs> and when he talked about the first three fetters and he put it in a way uh, was it creative committee clear you know. He, and it was like, I, I really, I mean, that day, that evening, absolutely turned my life on over. And here was somebody, this is radical, you know, well, everybody sort of accepts all those things he's saying, no, you need to be in another way with it all. Everybody I've ever met accepted the sort of, you know, the, the lesser vehicle with like, and and he wasn't accepting it. You know, he said, no, you can do this, you can be a creative you can, in every situation. You can commit yourself deeply to something, you know. You can have clarity of mind all the time, you know. And it was like, wow, man. <laughs> I say, some people know me, you know, I went out after. I had this thing of, uh, I thought, God, he's, he knows everybody I've ever met and he's never met them. And that is just, you know, that's sort of radical. So I had this thing, I used to go along the street and uh, I'd come out while I was working in the Bishopsgate Institute in London yeah, my my normal thing, I'd come out, turn left, over that little road in the pub there, you know. <laughs> but I'd, sometimes I'd come out there, I'd turn right and go right around the block. I may go back in the pub. <laughs> i go, and the other time I'd come down here, I'd cross the road to the station a different way. It was all really simple things. But I suddenly started challenging. I, I suddenly realised, you know, I knew what he said was true about habit. But I suddenly realised how habitual I was and everything was. <laughs> And even, you know, little, silly little changes like that will suddenly, oh, yeah, I am, I'm just stuck into these habits. And it's really, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, I was sort of working with that. <laughs> I was in 1980, he gave that talk, that's nearly 40 years ago. But, he, you know, he, the Dharma is radical, you know, and I think we can find everything in it, in a, in a way. It does change life, you know, condition co-production and all this. Everything is in a state of flux, nothing you know, everything builds on itself, you know, ah, oh, you try and live in line with this stuff, it does your head in, but, <laughs> but it really is worth doing and looking at. So, it, and I think the other thing is, like, I really, you know, when I first come along, I used to go to things and 
I just get this really strong dharma sort of almost thrown at me. There was no concessions for me being fairly new. I mean, I never did any beginner's courses or anything like that. I'd just go to retreats. And there was not a concession there. they just give me strong power. And I, oh, I used to breathe in. <gasps> sort of look around to share with yourself. Gosh, she's so brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> and I wanted that. And I think in, I've noticed, and I noticed slightly in myself as well, you know, we were quite direct when people came to the centre. As you're around it more, you try and take everybody in. And sometimes you can lose a bit of that, that real, you know, strong... Oh no, it's pokey this. And the, I mean, I've, this study group I've got now, this guy, he'd never met me before, I just asked him if he considered suicide. In this. <laughs> we were talking about death, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, later on I said, God, it's quite strong. And he said, oh no, it's, like, it's really good to be out and go and just talk about things like that openly. And there's nowhere else I can do that. You know, so I think, I think don't shy away of being really, you know, Going for the big stuff. Obviously, you know, again, one has to use their, your judgment and not, not when somebody's taking off their coat. <laughs> but, yeah, I think especially, you know, I just felt so, I felt so challenged by it, but it felt so much like, li you know, liberation. It felt like the truth. And I've always felt like, you know, I've, I've been on a few retreats with Sabuti here and it was like, oh, Oh man, <laughs> I love it, I love it. Right, this is, this is like from the sublime to the ridiculous now, right, these two are sort of, so, so um, and they're very practical. You know, you're running the points, remember, the points, the groups and pioneers, you will need money. <laughs> and, you know, somebody's got to buy the tea, hire the rooms, get the biscuits, etc., etc. And I think, you know, trying to have a healthy uh, attitude to money, you know, not not being scared of it, not, you know, afraid of taking risks with it. At the same time, you know, you've got to run the place. I mean, I like, you know, I'm an accountant by trade and Keith is over there, you know, I like making a profit, you know. <laughs> I don't like losing money. So at Pebble Loka, I, you know, I was treasurer there, we made a profit every year and at the Buddhist Centre, I've been treasurer since we've been there 21 years and we made a profit every year. So, so <laughs> And gradually things have improved in all those ways. And I think, you know, it's like, you're going to need money. It's a reality. <coughs> it is, and it, I think dealing with it is also a practice for us, you know, not to get too tight and hold it and not to be, um, what's the word? Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 Silly with it. <laughs> it's another word, but yeah, not to be frivolous, you know, with with money, but also you know, just hold it lightly. But also, it's really fascinating what you can do. Making I used to work as um, in uh, private taxation when I first went to work and dealing with rich people's share profits. You know, and I used to really get fascinated by all this. <laughs> so much so, a few of us had a little band of a. Uh, investors in here <laughs> so we come out with a profit it was good <laughs> but you know it's like money and you know when the daniel was here he'd really pushed last time about the dana economy and i think yes you know try and get that in place wherever you are again in a realistic way and uh yeah because if you know if you set up the conditions people will be generous 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I forget to ask for money nearly, you know, for years, any class I was in. <laughs> you know, somebody goes, yeah, don't forget to talk to Dad about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I shouldn't, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing, I forget, but I just, <laughs> but it still used to be in there a lot of the time. Yeah, just try and put that in, that sense of, you know, expansiveness and generosity and have some sort of vision where, yeah, where people can get excited by, you know, Oh, we want to buy a building in three years. Wow, people can get behind that rather than you know, you can't afford another ice cream or something. <laughs> Sorry, it's got a bit surreal that bit. I don't know, so be confident that money, I suppose that is, and not too restrained with it, don't hold it so tightly. And I don't know why I put this one, and in a way it's a surreal one. I've been having some strange dreams lately. But... <laughs> anyway, it says, open a bank account and keep clear records. <laughs> so it's a, it's a sort of very practical thing. If you're running a group, whether it's a group or this, that and the other, you know, you have to have, you, you're going to have to have clear records. You're not, you, you've got to be, you've got to be a, because people might want you an account for what you've done sometimes, and legally you've got requirements. And if you put that in early, you know, and it's not that hard to do now. It's, you know, you get a Word document and you can get out all the, analyse all your expenses and in there. And you'll find somebody in a Sanger who can get quite excited by that sometimes. <laughs> and I think it will help you, you know, knowing what you've got, knowing what you can spend. But again, be a bit frivolous with it at times. <laughs> at times. Yeah. So yeah, you'll be you will become an institution in a certain ways as you get more established. So it's good to get this this foundation of stuff, you know, there in place before early on. I have no idea why I put that, but there you go. <laughs> so the next is be consistent, reliable, first in, last to leave, which is all right for me to say because I used to live above the place. So. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I've, I've noticed sort of sometimes people have opened the door and people wander in, and there's nobody on the team there to sort of say hello and sort of greet them, and yeah, and then some weeks there are, and some and that sort of in, I mean maybe it's just me, but that sort of inconsistency sort of bugs me a bit. I want to know, you know, I want to know somebody's going to be there to greet people. I sometimes go to classes. I don't go to the class. I go to the before the class. And just stand by my, my place as people who've been there know and sort of say hello to people as they come in <laughs> and offer them tea <laughs> and then they'll go home before <laughs> anyway is that eccentric i don't know <laughs> but yeah you know i think this is consistent and reliable in your moods and everything you know and how you teach you know try not to be you know try to research your stuff and know what you're going to talk about and it's no good, you know, some people can do it on the hoof, but most of us need a bit of preparation, a bit of something behind it. And to be like that, you know, the vast majority of weeks, okay, now and again, you're going to be off colour or whatever, but trying to be there. And, you know, the last person out, you know, you're there saying goodnight to them. And um, I did wonder, you know, I say it was very easy for me because I just had to go upstairs after that and... <laughs> <laughs> have a cup of tea and whatever, go to bed, you know, whatever it did. I didn't have to go anywhere. But I did wonder, it was sometimes, Vanti used to say about study, didn't he? But, you know, make a precept after every time 
you've done studies, bring a precept to line. I wonder maybe after each class we can make a precept about what we've done and you know how we're doing it. If it's something regularly that we're not sort of getting right and this, that, and the other, or something we are getting right, you know. Yeah. Um, experience. Yeah, create the mood and let them leave. Try and let them leave inspired and yeah, engaged. And you know, there's times we used to have to. You know, there's people now. I don't know. Who sort of well, finished nine fifteen and goodbye sort of thing. <laughs> You know, we used to throw people out at so, half past ten. You know, actually, we quite like to go to bed, <laughs> and they loved it because they've been allowed to sort of stay and, you know, join in and ask us questions and have another cup of tea all that time. I know this all takes time and energy and this, that, and the other, but I think you know, that's why we're there, really, isn't it? Is to give those, those moments and inspiration. Um, we're getting there now. So you all will have to work with disappointment. You know, that's one of the things. And <laughs> I can't remember what Serena was saying, but it, it was a bit rude, so I won't do it. It's a bit of disappointment. <laughs> and that we went there at a particular time in Cardiff, and nine months in, the Guardian article came out, and we'd sort of worked ourselves, you know, we'd do about four classes a week by that time, you know, go over to do weekend retreats, day retreats, blah, 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 blah. We were packing our front rooms because people were coming to a house at the time, and and then the Guardian article came, and next week there was one woman there, <laughs> and it's like, and nobody, I don't, it's, I can't remember. I think one person ever come and said, explain why they didn't come, you know, and you know, it's like that was a massive disappointment in a way. We both learnt something from there. There was a guy, Fletch, that's it. <laughs> who was just loved his meditation and you know really into it and he was the last time i saw him before that we'd gone for a coffee and he was talking about becoming a mitra you know and he was a bit worried because he'd done um uh, i can't remember what it is one anyway a different tradition who had given him in in teaching and he said is oh you know i I do do the mindfulness and meta, but I'd still do that. Is that all right? And I said, yeah, of course you're a genuine meditator. You know, it's all right. And having this conversation, and a week after, you know, he'd gone. I bumped into him about six years later. <laughs> bumped into his wife before that, you know. And he sort of did say, I'm, I'm sorry, I should have said something. But, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's an extreme example. But, you know, you're going to someday, the people that you really think, oh, they're going to go for it. They'll walk in and they'll be there every week. And then suddenly they won't, you know, for all sorts. And there can be all sorts of reasons for that. I mean, one of the women used to come regularly when we were in, in Barry, you know, and she was really into it and just disappeared. And I bumped her in the street months later and she said, oh, she said, I really have to apologise. I mean, it's not, you guys are brilliant. And blah, blah, blah. But I am just not in, you know, my life isn't in there where I can, I want to pursue it, but I can't. I'm just not at my time of life and all other things going on and I'm sorry and I thought oh <laughs> so in a way you don't know what's happened to people when they don't come back something might be for how you treat them how you've been teaching it might be for all sorts of reasons but there will be disappointments and you know we have to sort of grow grow through them it's not always your fault life takes over for people but yeah, I've met quite a lot of people who come regularly and don't come, bumped in them in the street. And what 
as they've all been really grateful for what they've got you know you know learning to meditate and this that and the other so you know you've done something right somewhere um this is 14 <laughs> so exemplify yeah exemplify try and make the dharma a living presence in your life you know try and be live out the precepts how you behave you know try to be generous and kind and with people all the time i mean to exemplify i don't mean walking around you know <laughs> oh look at me I'm <laughs> got insight and sort of thing but it's it's about you know just trying to behave in that way trying to be positive kind generous with people every time and you know it's walking the walk in it's really not just not just an idea of the dharma for you you know obviously none of us are perfect and we you know i think Banty said in his lecture on that you know even we even exemplify our weaknesses you know we're just honest this is who we are and we're, not, we're trying to be somebody else, but not in the wrong way. We're trying to, and I think people really appreciate the know the fact. You know, I think how we conduct ourselves in the shrine room, you really sort of exemplify in a way. That's what people want to see about a Buddhist. And early on, they want to see this person who moves around very mindfully and is very sort of aware of people. And I think, you know, we we do that in life, hopefully. But I think mainly in the shrine, and there is there is that sensitivity that comes in in when you're there with others and I think that's what gives the shrine room the atmosphere in a way is this sort of you it's something you're brought to your best isn't it I mean I was really I was quite sh- I was shocked with a friend of mine's wife come round one time because you know the shrine room the shrine room you've been going there 10 years or something you sort of it's good in there but <laughs> she was stopped it was like a, a false field at hit her oh there's an atmosphere in here you know you thought, oh, there probably is. <laughs> and it's probably, you know, you've helped create that. And sort of realise every time you walk in, you're walking into some, you know, something really, really beautiful, actually, and profound. And, you know, you can exemplify what some of that going on when you're outside there and inside there at the same time. And this last one, I think... <laughs> I don't know if anybody here see Field of Dreams, the film Field of Dreams... One of my favourite films. Baseball. Yeah. So he said, you know, at the end he sort of says, "People will come, Ray. People will surely come." <laughs> and I think <laughs> that's it. You know, have confidence in the Dharma, and people will come. You know, it's they may not be as many as you want. <laughs> there may be maybe more than you can deal with, but I think if you if you're doing it right, they will come. You know, because. The Dharma is, people want meaning in life, you know, and I think this is just obvious, really. Everybody wants meaning in life. It's whether sometimes you've got the courage to make the changes to follow it. And, you know, meaning can come all sorts of way in beauty and art as well. But I do think we've got something really special to offer. And if, you know, if we open the doors, <laughs> you know, open the doors in the right way, people will come, they will enter. And that, my son, is it? Is that? Oh, blimey. <laughs> Thank you very much.